Happy Sabbath. Uh, can I have more juice on this mic a little bit? Uh, happy Sabbath to you at homes and over here uh, at church. Uh, uh, we thank God that we can come together and worship. Let's uh, seek the Lord in prayer. Father, we are so thankful that you have invited us here so that we can hear from you again. Bless our Sabbath. Uh, give us a message. Encourage us. For we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm more than excited to see the, uh, the Solomon brothers. Amen. The youth is coming. We've got uh, new visitors. Uh, Michelle and Victor are here. Uh, Diane and uh, Nicholas Brown are here. Uh, we got the, uh, the Jenkins boys and mother and father Jenkins. Everybody's here. And uh, God is blessing his people. All the elders here, we are very thankful for what you are doing. Uh, God is leading his people. Uh, it's a difficult time. However, uh, we know God will interrupt our plans. My message this morning is God will interrupt your plans. My plans, your plans, God will interrupt. Uh, if you are out of work, uh, if, you, uh, if your business is closed, uh, if your child's school is shut down, uh, if you are seeing lay, uh, layoffs in your community, uh, plans get interrupted. If you would have told me in 2019, uh, we were just one year away from Americans being arrested for holding outdoor church services, I would have thought you, uh, you to be insane. This is one of the most heartbreaking things uh, I have uh, ever seen. Today we are learning from the book of Acts chapter 9 from verse 1 to 9. And we will also close by Luke chapter 5 verse 1 to 9 or to 10. So I just told you what I'm going to do and uh, let's learn uh, from the Bible. Now, like I told you before, that plans get interrupted. We were on a mission trip and we were in Jamaica. Uh, and uh, uh, that very Sunday morning, we woke up to the news uh, that our flights were canceled. I remember it was Brother Wilton who came and uh, we were all preparing uh, to uh, ride our car back to Montego Bay Airport uh, where we landed. But he called us that early morning and said, gentlemen, because of Hurricane Harvey, uh, Houston was hit so hard and uh, we cannot land there. Our flights are canceled. In that very few minutes, we begin to wonder, so how long is it going to take for us to leave Jamaica? We were there for one week on missionary work. Uh, we enjoyed what we were doing, and Alfredo Pena was right there with us. It pains me a lot. He was a roommate for me for the whole week. 
and him are bedway on each other's side and I'll just hear him talking to his wife every single day and then he'll say um, did Serena go for a practice piano practice and he's chatting with his wife I have those memories right there God just set me up with him and I wonder why but I'm here to tell you that your plans will get interrupted before you know it, we had a dedicated driver. Now, for you who have not been to Jamaica, uh, the terrain is very mountainous. The roads are cut around the mountains. Beautiful view, a wonderful view. The question I left Jamaica with was, how do they build these houses in the mountains? They seem to be very able to do it uh, to perfection. So we changed, we were rerouted now, we are now driving towards Kingston. Now I say thanks be to and glory to God because I was about to leave Jamaica before seeing the capital city. But God rerouted us, now I'm going to go through the capital city, Kingston, and right there by the airport, American Airlines, we were going to fly to Miami, not even to Texas because Texas was hit so hard with the flood, Hurricane Harvey. Now we are at Miami, we are right by the airport in there, we are sitting thousands upon thousands of people coming to Dallas. We are not able to leave the airport until the planes were cleared because of the storm. Plans will get interrupted. Now, I'm just here to tell you the reality in life, uh, each of us have plans. Plans of when we graduate. I see the Solomon brothers, uh, some of them are still in college. Plans to graduate. Plans of where we will live. Plans of what we will drive. Plans of, uh, of getting married at some point. Having a big house somewhere beautiful. Those are plans. Plans to travel the world. We, we all have plans. Plans of good health. That's why we go to the gyms and exercise in our house. If you're elderly, you know the trick. You've got to take a walk a little bit in the evening time. Plans of wealth. Plans of moving on in life. And enjoying the finer things in life. Yet the reality is that plans will get interrupted. Plans get interrupted, and such is the case we found in the book of Acts chapter 9 concerning this theologian by the name Saul. Uh, if Brother Wilton would like to open or uh, can help us with the, uh, the scripture, Acts chapter 9 from verse 1, to nine, I would love to read it so that you see how things are shaping up. You can open your phones, Acts chapter 9, if that can help. Acts chapter 9, verses 1. Then Saul are still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and asked letters from him 
to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found anyone who were of the way, whether man or woman, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Five. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. Six. So he trembled, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into this city, and you will be told what you must do. Seven. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Eight. Then Saul arose from the ground. When his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Nine. And he was three days without sight, and neither nor drink. That's our reading today. Now, most commentators uh, and most contemporary Christians uh, try to make some, uh, some reference to his name, being Saul or Paul. But really, there's nothing really deep there uh, in the Bible. Saul is his a Hebrew name, and Paul is his Greek name. And depending on who the writer is, he is just making reference to the same man. Uh, we are first introduced uh, to Paul in Acts chapter 7. Uh, Stephen, who was a deacon, is being stoned. While Stephen is being stoned, the Bible says that Saul uh, is sitting there and he does not throw stones. Paul did not throw stones. I have to be clear with that. But the Bible says he, he simply held the jackets, the coats, of those that were throwing the stones. Which is a word for us in here this morning. And that word this morning is this. You don't always have to do something to be wrong. Saul is silent. While the other ones are throwing stones... I might remind you in here today, in my life, I discovered that a silent friend is worse than a vocal enemy. Do I have a witness this morning? The reality is, if you are my friend, I need you to speak up and say something whether I'm in the right or wrong. A real friend may come for your birthday uh, or invitation party or something like that. But the truth of the matter is a silent friend is worse than a vocal enemy. The good news about enemies is we all have enemies. We all do. If you don't think so, you are just naive this morning. But all of us have somebody who ain't excited with who we are and what we do. Even when you try your best, they can still be very cold. 
to you. The reality is, some of them, them enemies, they may be very vocal. And like I said, a silent friend is worse than a vocal enemy. Saul is on his journey now in Acts chapter 9 down to Damascus Road. He is herded down with papers from the Sanhedrin council. You heard this story. He had papers from the leaders. He, he is headed down a Damascus road uh, for, uh, 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 for anybody he finds in the way, especially the followers of the way. The followers of the way were the Christians, were the converted Christians. Those that have been served, that have been converted to Christianity, as we know it, he is with purpose and he is going down to get them and drag them back to Jerusalem and then have them stoned. Paul will not do this stoning or have them persecuted. Paul is the guy who is identifying. He acts like a prosecutor here. While he is on his way down to Damascus, he gets interrupted by the, this light that shines from heaven. Hmm. He hears a voice saying, So, so, why persecutest thou me? It's hard to me to kick against the prick. So ask the question, Who is thou? Jesus makes reference, It is I. It is I. So whom though thou persecute, and, and, and he loses his sight. Those men who he was travel, traveling around with helped him on to Damascus. And for three days he is without food or sight. That's the story we read from verse 1 to 9. Now let's go back and see what God wants to say to us in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, we understand first of all that Saul had sincere intentions. Most of us, when we read this story, uh, we hear Acts chapter 9, we immediately put on our Western contemporary thought and immediately read the text as Christians. We understand, we saw that Saul is really a bad man. That's what we think that he is on his way down to Damascus Road to persecute people that are on the way, that are part of Christianity, that are part of this new of life. In this history of the text, Christianity uh, is in its formative years. Ain't no stained glass like this. During back in the day, the glasses were not stained like this. They are no deacons, but though we hear of Stephen. There were no church boards, although we heard that they used to talk or trustees. There's no praise and worship. There's no choirs. These are formative years. They literally meeting house to house. Churches were in the houses. And so, this legalistic brother, uh, who is well-learned and educated, who has studied at the feet of Gamaliel, 
and speaks 13 fluent languages is only doing what he is supposed to do. That's what they taught him at school. And he's just doing as he was taught. These new believers who have been converted to Jesus Christ are a threat to the system and structures that have been in place for a thousand years. The new Christianity, we Christians, were changing the rules for this Roman Empire, the rules, that, the rules and structures that have been there for years. And Paul is guarding against that. It's almost like Trump saying, I need you guys to be the poll watchers. I want you to be watching people voting. Sign up. And those who believe in those messages will actually take him at his word. And they'll sign up to be poll watchers. So yeah, Paul is doing exactly what he went to school for. There's nothing wrong here. These structures have been there for a thousand years and Paul is about to stop them. So he is simply on his way down to Damascus Road to eliminate those that are threats to the way of life. Saul has sincere intentions, but his sincere intentions get interrupted by God. God interrupts Saul's plans and God will interrupt your plans. And some of your plans you uh, uh, you present here today, you can agree with me that your plans have been uh, uh, interrupted in many ways. My brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to hang my heart this morning for the next few minutes on this subject that God will interrupt your plans. He is on his way down to Damascus Road with a sincere intention to persecute those that are on the way, the Bible says it this way, approaching Damascus. In other words, he was very close to Damascus. He was approaching Damascus. I'll tell you all to look over that. It literally means that he was almost there and God interrupted his plans. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but have you ever been where you are almost close? The day is fast approaching, and then something out of nowhere. His prayers get interrupted. Have you ever been there where you are supposed to graduate and say, oh, you are missing a credit? Some of you all have been there too. You call back home and say, I don't know what happened. You know what happened. You didn't go to class. There's no way you can graduate. You didn't take the subject or you didn't study. You need to make up in order for you to, to pass. Plans get interrupted. Happens in doctor's office where you go in and you expect one thing and they will tell you something else. Plans get interrupted. It happens when we are traveling to other places and flights get delayed or canceled. Plans get interrupted. It happens when we get married and we found out that the one that we thought was Robin Hood ends up being a nightmare on Elm Street. Plans get interrupted. A job that you thought you would have, you would have forever and they give you a pink slip. Plans get interrupted. 
In Acts chapter 9, God interrupts his plans. How do you handle life when God interrupts your plans? That's the question. That's what happens with Saul, and God interrupts his plans. He is almost there, he is close to his destination, and God throws a wrench in the situation. He shines this light down from heaven and says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? His plans get interrupted. God will interrupt your plans. He is on his way down to Damascus Road. He is almost there and God interrupts his plans. Whenever God interrupts your plans, hmm, you always have seasons of inabilities. They always have. When God interrupts your plans, where you live for temporary time without something waiting on something else. Bible says, here's what the Bible says, that this soul that was in charge of everybody, this soul that is responsible, who was a leader in the Bible, this soul that is a Jewish scholar, his plans got interrupted. The first thing that happens is that, number one, he gets handicapped. The story says he lost his sight. Did you see that? Now he's a what? He's a handicap. He has to live a season without his sight. Sometimes God has to take away what you see so that you can see what you do not see. There are times in life when God has to take away what you depend on so you can learn to depend on him because he knows the future and he has never failed you. Some of those plans, we do have those plans. However, God is not involved in our plans. We are just running loose like a dog without a leash. And then God just throw the leash back to you. And he interrupt the plans. And he is handicapped at this point. Paul is handicapped. But not only is he handicapped, he has to be held. You see, the Bible is very clear. He wasn't walking alone. He had other men who he was walking with. However, those men are not mentioned. Why? Because they are not important. There are people in your life that you think they are not important. Wait until you are handicapped. You go running for them to help you. So we read in this story, he has to depend on somebody else to help him to get to Damascus. Because he had lost his sight. The man who he was traveling with, they could see. They were not smart like him. However, they could see. At this point, he is handicapped with inabilities, but these, these nobodies are able to help. Did you see that? I'm just trying to highlight a point that everybody matters in your life. Even the people that you think they are not important, they matter. 
and he here is in trouble. That's a word that some of you all in here this morning will have that attitude. I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody. My word to you this morning is keep living. Keep living if you think you don't need nobody. I can do better all by myself, true. But keep living. Keep living. You needed somebody this morning to help you this very morning. You got up, and what did you do? You went on your light switch, you turned the lights on. Uh, you didn't do it, right? Somebody else was responsible for the electricity getting to your house. You needed somebody else. You took a shower this morning. Oh, maybe say, oh, it was a bath. Okay, fair and fine. But you didn't put the plumbing into the house. You needed somebody else to do it. You got in your car and drove here. You didn't put it together. That car, somebody else did it. You stopped at a gas station, put gas in the car. That pump at the gas station was put there for you by somebody else. You are sitting in here today in a chair, in a bench, in a pew right now. You didn't screw the screws in it. You didn't put it in here. Those benches, somebody else did it. You need somebody else. And I'm simply trying to tell you, in life, all of us need somebody else. He goes through the seasons of inability. Paul is in trouble in this moment. The seasons of handicap. He cannot see. And now he's relying on those men's. I can say those guys were simply personal assistants. Shine my shoes, carry my jacket, carry my luggage. He's struggling, he's hurting, but I'm here to tell you, God will interrupt your plans. I don't care what kind of plan you have. God will interrupt your plans. My father got married, um, this is my life. My father got married 1969. I have a sister who was born 1970. And I'm born 1972. His wife, my father's wife, that means my mother. My mother passed away at the age of 38. Leaving him with six children. And the baby last born, she was only three years old. My father wanted to be around his grandchildren today. He's also passed away in 2017. They had intentions of seeing the kids grow up. I mean us. They had intentions of seeing all their children graduate together or get married. They had intentions of other things they wanted to do in life. But God interrupted those plans. What do you do when God interrupts your plans? You do what the text ends at the last verse where I read it. The Bible says that the Lord told Saul, go to Damascus and wait there until I send a word. Did you hear that? Wait there. Wait right there. Go to Damascus and wait there until I send a word. Your Bible version may be different. It's still the same thing. 
that where I am right now, go to Damascus and wait there until I send a word. That's where I am right now. I'm just waiting until God says, what's next? I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold or tomorrow is going to be like. I don't know what next year is going to be like, but I am just waiting until God says, what's next? Talk about plagues. Talk about pandemic, storms, earthquakes. All those things have disrupted plans before. I'm here this morning to remind me this journey is not by, by sight. This journey of faith is by faith. Luke chapter 5 says here, Peter, verse 1 to 9, Luke chapter 5, says Peter had to learn from failure, and any time you halfway trust God, somebody else gets to share in your blessing. They caught such a multitude of fish that their boat began to sink. So here's the story in a nutshell for you. So Peter and James and John, they were in the same company. They were fishermen. And this very uh, story, it's only 10 verses. You can read it another time. So Jesus sees them, and the first thing Jesus sees, he sees two boats that were kind of parked. And Jesus comes in to ask, can I loan uh, one of your boats? And for some reason, Jesus chose the boat which belongs to Simon Peter. And Jesus says, okay, can I use this boat? And so, sure. All Jesus wanted to do was to sit in the boat and speak to the multitude of people who were standing by waiting to hear the word of God. So Jesus went ahead and he addressed the multitude. Then he turned around to Peter and he says to Peter, Peter, we're going to have to go back fishing now. You're going to have to go back and you throw your nets down in the deep. And Peter says, Master, we've been at it all night long. We've been toiling all night long, but we did not catch anything. And the Lord says, just cast your nets, plural. But Peter cast a net, singular. It's a question of faith, brothers and sisters. The story goes on to say they did exactly what Jesus had instructed and they had the best catch ever in their life. And that catch was able to sink two boats together. That is what I call a boat sinking faith. You must have that kind of faith. Peter was not faithful in this situation because God says, Cast your nets, plural, Peter casted a net. Until he had to call James and John to come over and help. And when they showed up, all boats were sinking with fish. Boat sinking faith. We need a lot of faith, brothers and sisters. Because God will interrupt our plans. And this journey is not by sight. It is by faith. The Christian journey is a very, very hard journey. Now, I want to talk about something in the very same story. Peter says we, we were toiling all nights. It reminds me, some of you maybe already know, 
We know about nights of nothing. Nights of nothing. You raise your kids the best. You can send to college. Send them to college. Send them. Whatever you did, you did it. They end up in jail. Nights of nothing. Nights of nothing. You work hard on the job. Instead of getting a promotion, they give you a pink slip. Nights of nothing. You are dating for five years, or one year, six months, or ten years. Instead of getting to an altar, you are single again. Nights of nothing. You go to a doctor's office, and you have done all you can to do to maintain and sustain good health. He says, that's all I can do. Nights of nothing. You've been praying and you feel like your prayers are not being answered. Nights of nothing. But the good news is that all we have to use is that one word that Peter said. Peter said, Master, we have told all the night long, but nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down my net for a draft. At your word, Lord, not my word, at your word, I will do it. I close this morning by saying, do you have nevertheless faith? I know things are not the way I want them to be. But nevertheless, this morning, I trust God at his word. Will you walk away from this place and say, you trust God at his word? The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and is the evidence of things not seen. Is your testimony this morning is, I have come this far by faith. I'm closing. I always like to introduce you to Jesus because any sermon is not good to you unless... I elevate and give praise to Jesus because he deserves our praise. Jesus is Lord, my friends. I'm not ashamed of the, of the, of, of the, of the interruptions and suffering that I have to undergo for I know whom I believe. If plans are interrupted, don't worry. You know who you believe. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I am not ashamed if my plans are interrupted. When the storms are raging, plans get interrupted, seasons of nothingness, nights of nothingness, I am still not ashamed because I know whom I believe. I am not ashamed. Paul involved his efficacy uh, because of what he will do, it is the power. I'm not ashamed of it because of its divinity is the power of God being interrupted by God. Sometimes you get interrupted and you avoid an accident that you are supposed to be in. I heard stories of people who missed the flights and the plane went on to crash. God will interrupt the plans. I'm not ashamed of it because of its object. It is the power of God unto, unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of it because of its impartiality. It is the power of God unto salvation. Your plans will get interrupted by the master of the universe. If he interrupts it, he has the last word on your plan. 
I heard it in Jamaica that uh, people make plans and God loves. You are busy making plans, but God is laughing. Why? Because God knows tomorrow. To everyone that believeth, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, even if my plans are interrupted. Do you know him? If you know him, you are not ashamed. Do you know him? He is the image of the invisible God. He is the replica of divine reality. He is the altogether lovely. Do you know him? He reflects of the light of life. Uh, he reveals the love of God and releases the gift of grace. Jesus Christ is Lord. The Lord is plain and profound. He is simple and sublime. He is suitable and serviceable. Do you know him? Our Lord is a fountain of every excellence. He is a mirror of perfection. He is the light of heaven. He is the wonder of the world. Do you know him? The Lord Jesus is the time's masterpiece. He is eternal glory. He is a morning without a cloud. He is a day without a day. He is a rose without a thorn. He is a mountain without a valley. He is light without darkness. Uh, he is health without sickness. He is strength without weakness. He is proof without error. Oh, he is life without death. Do you know him? Choose him today, you and your family. May God bless you. Amen. Dear God, uh, we want you to lead us just like we have uh, sang in this uh, beautiful hymn. And we know that that means that many times you will have to interrupt our plans. But we accept that. And by faith, we will walk forward in the light of your leading. We thank you so much, Lord, for this blessed Sabbath. Help us to keep enjoying the hours of this special day. And we ask your blessing upon those that were watching on our streaming service and also those that were worshiping in the sanctuary today. We ask your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen.